Welcome to episode 228 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Hello! And Matt Cassell. I just ran out of coffee right when we started, and now I don't have a beverage for this episode. No, you're drinkless, pal. Man, the controls. There's that no way you can drinkless Casal. Well, it, it is an opaque mug, and I couldn't tell that it was empty because mm-hmm. it's got some weight distribution to it to begin with. So now, like, the only way to know is when that last drop goes in your mouth, and and now the show is ruined. But carry on, Paul. It is Thursday night, February twenty second, and tonight we're gonna talk the highs and lows of Marvel. The highs being Black Panther, I think. We haven't really talked about it yet, so now that I say that, I actually don't know if it is if, if it is going to be highs. I assume it's going to be highs, and the lows, which is Marvel's just announced a fresh start. They're new, all new, all different again. again. <laughs> this time, we mean it for realsies. Maybe <laughs> no takes backs. But before we get into uh, the highs and lows of Marvel comics. Let's do housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. McSauce.com, home of the web comics, the reviews, and this lovely podcast. So check it out at McSauce.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, um, Podomatic. Subscribe and give us a review if you can on any of those sources. You can join the fan page at Facebook, and you can find us on a variety of social media websites such as Instagram and Twitter. Just type in MCSOS and our lovely faces will pop up. That's all I got. Uh, Tomorrow night, um, I will be joining the Case in Point podcast. We're going to talk some He-Man and I'm sure a lot of uh, other 80s nostalgia items. Um, The Case in Point podcast is a podcast that covers a lot of nostalgic ground. Um, It's a Guys that we've never met, but who yeah, have this become, will be the first time that you actually talk to them. Yeah, we've chatted, you know, via you know Twitter and whatnot, but I've never actually spoken to them. But they they feel like very they're very near and dear to our hearts. They are you know brothers from other mothers from up, up upstate New York. But I'm going to be joining those guys to talk. Talk some He-Man. I'm sure we're going to cover the breadth of 80s toys because I'm probably not going to be able to limit myself to, to one topic. Uh, we're recording that tomorrow night. So in the week surrounding this episode releasing, you will be able to search Case in Point on any of your podcast uh, podcast apps and uh, look for that episode. So I will be giving more information when that actually releases. And if you go to... Uh what, T Public? Is it T Public? T Public. Uh, go to T Public and type in Case and Point. You can check out some of their swag. They have a few uh, t shirts, and I guess you can get t shirts, tank tops, hoodies mm. with the Case and Point logo. So uh, help them out and, uh, and and check out some of their, their swag. Yeah, good friends of ours. And um, you know, if you get a chance to support those guys, good, good group of guys. Really looking forward to. Essentially meeting them for the first time tomorrow. That's awesome. Thanks, buddy. That is cool. So why don't we kick things off with Marvel's fresh start? Um, like Part of me is like, they didn't release a lot of information about this just yet, so we can burn through it and get to, the, to what we really want to talk about. But 
I mean, the hate runs deep on this show. <laughs> I feel <laughs> I feel like we could fall down the you know fuck Marvel rabbit hole real fast. Um, so let's try to let's try to tie a rope around our waists on a stump before we jump down this hole, so we don't get lost. <laughs> Matt, what do you think, man? Well, okay, so. Uh, two days ago, Marvel announced in some sort of relatively cryptic video that in the coming weeks, as they kind of outlined it, although I think it's actually going to be more like May. Did you watch that video? No, I didn't. Mm. Uh, I, I saw quotes from it, though, uh, and I saw a video about the video. Is that close enough? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the video really didn't, really didn't say anything right. that Marvel hasn't said. You know, three times a year for the past five, six years. Right. Um, so the big takeaways mm-hmm. for me from the video were Joe Casada looks old. Like I must not have seen him in a while, but he looks he looks kind of rough. Well, he's been kind of in comics now uh, since the late eighties. Does that sound about right? Oh Maybe? yeah, I I don't doubt that he is old. Right, he's but, like, like I just, he's like with the the age of like the image founders, right? Like that's his really? generation. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, he is. Did, Ian, did you watch this video? I'm watching it right as we speak because so I've I'm seen tra- I see fucking Rob Liefeld on a daily basis. Because well, Rob Liefeld was the baby of the bunch. I mean, yeah, like compare I've him seen, to I've seen Eric Larson, I've seen Todd McFarlane, and I well, guess they really take better better care of themselves because those guys don't look old to me. They look like. You, they don't look like they, they, even Jim Lee, they don't look like they always have. Right. But, you know, they look like they're aging gracefully. Joe Casada looks like he's been, like he's had a rough go of it the yeah. last couple of years. I'm watching the video right now, and Joe Casada does look, he has some pretty significant bags under his eyes. Like we're, I'm not to criticize the way a guy looks, but <laughs> I, I, was, I, I can't I believe just, that that's what we're doing. Me, it, well, I'm, I'm getting to something else. Like, right. This was just like He does look step. like he's, he does look different than the last time I saw him. Can you hold that up? Can I see? Sure. It was just kind of surprising to me because I wasn't um, expecting He it. looks like Joe Casada. And but what it what was even more surprising was how smooth he is at delivering this fucking garbage <laughs> with as much enthusiasm as he had the first time they did a all new kind of reboot. Like, man, what like like thumbs up Joe Casada for really selling this because on the inside he has to be like, I can't believe I have to do this again. Well, maybe he believes in that stuff because when Marvel did have. Uh, it's successful reboot back in the early 2000s, and he was in charge of it and doing the Marvel Knight stuff, and later on moved over and helped do some of the bringing Bendis in and doing the new Avengers stuff. That actually worked. So maybe he is kind of drawing from the past when he actually made right. something happen I remember, for the company. I remember seeing um, there was a a video that like an extra on the Spider Man DVD. The uh-huh. original Spider-Man, and uh, as editor in chief, he's talking about it, and basically they um, were kind of gushing about uh, how good of a comic book Ultimate Spider-Man was, and how you know Spider-Man sales had been kind of down until Ultimate Spider-Man, and, and you know it wasn't anything wrong with the character; it was it was the creators, and we just hadn't been giving the fans good Spider-Man, but his enthusiasm and energy for it. Um, was palpable and it seems like that's what he's presenting you know 15 years later 
And um, unfortunately, I'm just not buying it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can only do me wrong for so long until, you know, fool me once, shame on you, but fool me 19 times, shame on me. Uh, we've been burned time and time again with uh, Marvel and the reboots. There's been eight since 2012, and that's not an exaggeration. There have been eight. See eight the- reboots since 2012. That's literally, Paul, more than one a year. C.B. Sabolsky is the new editor-in-chief over there. What, what do we think of that name, Axel by the Alonzo. way? Because we're very critical of, of names. C.B. Sabolsky? Yeah. It fits him. Seems he looked. You look at him. He looks like a CB Sabolsky. He looks like a CB. Um, like I, I kind of buy his enthusiasm for it because this is the first time he's doing this. Yeah. But, like, I'm like, don't even like. I'm at the point. You know what? Don't even make a big deal out of this Marvel because you've already done it a bunch of times. Nothing stuck. It's always been a disappointment. Just, just kind of do a low key rollout. Don't make a big deal of it, but Marvel being Marvel, they need to be, you know, splashy and flashy and, you know, really, really make everyone aware that <laughs> this is coming. And flashy. You know, how about what if you just start making good comic books and just let everyone catch up and be like, oh, fuck, have you been reading Cap lately? Let's go. Have you been reading Avengers? It's really fucking good. Jason Aaron's on it. Right. Ed well- McGinnis is doing it. But instead, it's like, here comes the best shit ever again for the eighth time in right. the last 12 years. So the way that they framed it was that they're, uh, it's another back-to-basics approach. They touted new creative teams uh, and uh, new storylines is basically it. But it seems to be kind of getting um, its buzz for... Uh, maybe going back to classic versions of characters, which I thought that's what Legacy did, but now maybe this is the actual realization of what Legacy started. I don't really know. I don't know if this C.B. Sabolsky needs to put his stamp on things as the new editor, but like it, I like think you that's said, Paul, just let, let things kind of just become that way. Like people are so drained on these events. Like even Marvel Legacy, you know, when we talked to, uh, Jeff from Arkham Gift Shop, he ate tons of those issues because nobody cares anymore. This crap doesn't have significance. Like, I, there's two com- comic book stores that I go to. They still have Marvel Legacy issues on the shelf. And that came and out, what, six months ago? It, or it was in, um, when was that? September? Yeah. Yeah. Quite a while, so. Craziness, right? Like, you can't find Rebirth uh, number ones on the shelf anymore. Um, it's, you know, and, and I was talking with Jeff well, about in that. The, in the time that Marvel, Marvel's done eight of these since 2012, and yeah. DC's done New 52 and then Rebirth. Right. So, Didn't like, they also have, what was the DC, DCU or DC and U? Didn't they do something like a uh, like sort of like a soft reboot? I think where they were doing um, some re- rebranding. Was I think it was DC New, and it was kind of like a second wave of the New Fifty Two. Right. Yeah. So i i wouldn't I wouldn't count that as one of these. Yeah, big, they did big initiatives. Right. They did like various marketing pushes, but none of them were like kind of uh, sort of framed as reboots or anything like that. Remember they did like the big close up face 
cover yeah. month and they did the villain month and all that stuff, the mm-hmm. lenticular month. And, um, but none of them were like actual reboots. They were just kind of these month long marketing pushes. But, um, but anyway, I was talking with Jeff and he, and, and I was criticizing this, uh, fresh start that Marvel announced. And he said, actually, this is the one time when I feel like they're actually going to follow through with making good, good comic books because there's so much new leadership at, at Marvel and Brian Michael Bendis is gone, who, you know, is, I think, kind of responsible for a lot of what went wrong at Marvel in the, in the last five years. Um, but, uh, I don't agree with him on that. I Mm -hmm. think it's going to be frankly more of the same. I, I, if it wasn't, they wouldn't be doing yet another, um, another reboot. Like they would just, continue to let their comics organically get to where they need them to be they wouldn't like advertise it as some big initiative like because it it's not only is it meaningless to me it's actually counterproductive like it it, here i was so excited about dan slot leaving spider-man i was ready to jump in and like get the new spider-man but now they're doing this fresh start and it just kind of killed my buzz for it it's like oh I get this from again? I get it, from a business and advertising perspective that they need to push this stuff out. Like people need to know, but it what's loses its impact every time you do like, it. Paul. I don't think there need. Yeah, I I agree with you. I don't think there needs to be a, a video for it. I think, you know, the comic community is such a small community. I think just word of mouth by oh Jason Aaron's taking over Avengers. Oh shit! Look at this Jim Chung artwork that they're they're using with it. Like, I think that's enough to generate a ground floor buzz for something happening at Marvel. And maybe that, I think if, if I was in charge, that's the way I'd go with it. I'd go real slow, real low key. Mm-hmm. Um, they need, they need to rebuild. And it's, the, it's such whiplash with, you know, they're, they, Talk about changing the numberings back for Legacy. Now some of that numbering is going to be undone. Well, like, it's, it's not going to be undone. They're going to the covers are now going to share new numbering and have Legacy numbering. Boy, on. that doesn't sound confusing at all. It's just all stupid nonsense well, trying because, to because split lower, the line and please everyone. They've right and and number ones always have ever since I've been buying comics and I'm sure even before that number ones have a spike in sales but after number one it's a steady decline and it's all it is is a it's like a manufactured spike that if you just continually and consistently make quality comics you'll be just fine like when Jim Lee uh, decided to draw Batman, first first work at DC Comics, Batman number 616 like, or 618. Yeah, it was some real oddball It was number. an arbitrary number. It just happened to be the next number in the series of a long-running comic book. Yeah. And it sold just fine, and now it's classic. It's collected in trade paperbacks. They didn't need to reboot it. If I guarantee if that were to happen today... And this includes fucking DC. They would have just fucking renumbered it. Yeah, well, even... Um, I mean, DC still needs their fucking hand slapped because whenever Bendis takes over, Action and yep. Detective are going to stay on yep. the high numbering. 
Right. But Superman's going to get a new number one. Right. Stop. Insane. Stop it. Just Com- fucking stop it. But Marvel's like a Marvel's like a championship team that has won a couple championships. Maybe, you know, maybe they're a dynasty. Maybe they've won four in a row. But at this point, you know, uh, a lot of players have retired. A lot of players are old. They're not getting the job done. And they're just trying to, like, sign splashy free agents to plug holes and to just, like, keep, keep the good times rolling when really they need to fucking sell. They need to just get a lot of draft picks and just rebuild quietly from the ground floor. Well, it seems like the uh, the comic book line is more like their farm system and it is depleted and it's not doing well and they're sustaining their major league team, which is their movie division, by getting those free agents and, and those are your big splashy plays. So can that segue us into uh, the latest Marvel movie offering? I, I think it, we, we can talk about the big league team then, right? Right. So we're all down on, we're all way down on Marvel's fresh start. Uh, unbelievably down. Yeah. Like, just, just stop Marvel. Like, you make me not want to support anything you do. Fresh start. More like a rotten start. More like a rotten fart. <laughs> oh, those were both terrible. Well, at least mine rhymed. Ian, I, I liked where you were going with that. I appreciate, you know, the fresh, the rotten, you know, the rotten tomatoes kind of thing, but didn't land. Hey, you know, they can't all be winners. So we all... You mean like all of Marvel's relaunches? Ooh, or any of Marvel's relaunches? Oh. <laughs> so we all saw Black Panther over the last week. Black Panther came out a week ago today. Oh my God! And it is how time flies. Box office numbers, biggest thing ever. It's one of those things where they're like biggest February something open on a leap year when President's Day falls on a Monday. (laughs) No, no, I just read uh, biggest four day opening ever for a movie outside of uh, the Force Awakens. It it just surpassed the Last Jedi as the biggest four days ever. Better than Wonder Woman? Yes. yes. So that like there's there was only one movie left. Because there are more black people than women in the world. Uh, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true either. <laughs> I, don't I think, think that's, that's true. And there's some overlap Look in it up. there as well, you know what I mean? That's why it's true. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, like Black Panther's just doing doing gangbusters. Just smashing the competition. Mm-hmm. Does it deserve it? I don't know, Paul. You tell me, Ian. Do I ha- do uh, do I have to go first? Is that what we're saying? Does it deserve um, the hype and the praise? Well, it's a ninety-seven on money. Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, ninety-seven <clears throat> sounds like the greatest movie of all time. Is it the greatest movie of all time? No, it's not. What? It's not, it's not the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> that is. Am I going out is, on a limb? That is not what the internet is telling it, me. Well, that is true. It's getting an awful lot of hype, and and it probably. It according according to that. the internet, Marvel is stopping production on everything and putting all of that into Black Panther 2. Is that what the internet's saying? The internet really, really loves this movie. Well, um, it was a good movie. Like, I know there was a lot of hype, but it, it was a good movie. I had I had fun. I uh, went on a Saturday afternoon. 
big crowd, people dressed up, not your typical Ooh. cosplayers, families in traditional African garb. It was kind of fun and silly. You don't get to see some folks come out and dress up like that for movies. There aren't a lot of movies that you can uh, kind of get into like that. Only since coming to America have <laughs> people been able to cosplay when like people that. People put on their velvet. You're like, a lot of dust sheikies. I felt, I, I just wore my hoodie. I felt embarrassed. I felt shameful. Did Pop sharply go? Nah, just me and my... Because if me. that motherfucker found a dashiki but didn't have one for Matt on Christmas, yeah. I will kill him. No, I don't... You know what? I honestly haven't talked to him yet. I don't know if he went and saw it. I doubt it. He doesn't like crowds. So he watches his Marvel movies on the couch. He doesn't like crowds unless he can take pictures of yes, crowds. He, yes, he likes those kind of crowds. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, a lot of people... It was a fun environment. You went um, on. You went on, last Saturday. Yeah, yeah. What or time? you know, it's Sunday. Sunday in the afternoon, around like uh, three <clears throat> or four o'clock. Big crowds. Big crowd. A um, lot of different people. A lot of kids. Some older folks. Um, diverse crowds. Um, and the movie was fun, man. Like I had a really good time. Was the was it my favorite comic book movie of all time? No, um, but. It, it still had a lot of things that things that I didn't expect that I would enjoy from the movie. Um, it had a lot of heart and character. Um, it said a lot of things that surprised me that made me um, think about the movie after after the movie and, and um, really reflect on some stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was it was good and it deserves the it deserves all the kudos that it's getting. I I think. I really think the best parts of the movie were Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis. Really? They were good. Come on, Ian. Andy Serkis was really good. He Come was fun. Here. No, it was it was really good. I really liked it. I I, I really liked it. Um I I don't think it's the best Marvel movie. Um no. but it was man, really good. Top five. It did a lot of things that we always talk about that we like. It there was a lot of, um, it was a self-contained story. You don't need any extra stuff to understand the world of Black Panther. You can just show up to the theater, watch the film, and get the entirety of the story. It was personal. It was personal. Intimate of, stakes. No saving the world. A lot of father-son well, stuff. Well, the well, ending was about saving the world. Um. On a different scale than Killmonger has a bomb in the core of the universe no, and we but, need to stop but it. What, the stakes were still the world again. Well, but still it, in a uh, different way, but the state like what was it risk was still the same thing. You know, you know what I mean though. I do, but again, like it wasn't just Killmonger versus Black Panther. There the stakes were larger than that. And in the end, what Killmonger was setting out to Great do. Great name for a villain, by the way. It's <laughs> so, was he created so in the 90s? The, he was, uh, no, he? I think he's a 70s villain. Yeah, I mean, look up what Eric Killmonger Eric looks Killmonger. like in the... Oh, I did. It, yeah, he's got like this beautiful like African jerry curl, if that is a possible thing <laughs> without activator. I mean, like, it's insane looking. But I, like, the same thing happened at the end of the movie that Killmonger set out to do, just with a different bend to 1973. it. 1973. The intention was different. Killmonger wanted to get Wakandan technology out into the world. And that is what happened at the end of the movie, just for a different 
purpose, not just straight up war profiteering and taking over places and doing things like that. But Wakanda did make itself, um, you know, visible to to the entire world at the end of the movie. Well, right. I mean, in the movie, Killmonger wants to get weapons to the spies that are all over the world as opposed to using the technology, I'm sure, in a more controlled way, the way it ended up, where... Uh, Ch- what's his name? Um, T'Challa. T- T'Challa. I I always want to say T'Chaka, but that's his dad. That's his dad. Uh, How cool T'Ch- was it to see a young T'Chaka <laughs> as Black Panther in like the early '90s? I thought that was kind of fun to add to like the lore of the Marvel universe and maybe oh, yeah. things that happened us, uh, before. Uh, T'Chaka as Black Panther in Captain Marvel. Maybe same time frame, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. That was cool when he when he showed up. That was a great like appearance um i like the way the movie began um but i mean at the end uh uh t'challa is sharing technology i'm sure like he's controlling it and he's definitely not letting his weapons and vibranium get out to the world so that way you know it can be a danger it's all about uh peace and prosperity with him so i mean yeah it's like it's like the flip side of the same coin yeah, in the intention, um, the the whole the genesis of why Killmonger wants to do that is a little more nuanced than just I'm a bad guy and I want to take over the world. I think that has a big difference to him doing the things and how the audience feels and reacts to his motivations because I I feel like they're kind of. In some ways, they're kind of legitimate. They are legitimate things that Wakanda sat by and watched as African people were abused throughout the world when they had the opportunity to do something and fight for them, and they didn't. And right. So that's, I mean, that's his point, and there is, um, I mean, that is a justifiable point. Sure, you take it a little bit too far. Well, what do you expect? Bit. What do you expect when your name's Killmonger? <laughs> yeah, what else was he supposed to do? Yeah. He's, can, not, he's not Peacemonger. Can you guys clear something up for me? Because I kind of forget how this went down. At the end of Civil War, whenever they get Baron Zemo on that mountaintop, it's Zemo, Cap, and Black Panther. And Black Panther wants to kill him for killing his dad. And Cap kind of talks him down and arrests Zemo, right? No. Black Panther talks to Zemo and makes a decision not to kill him. Okay. There you go. Thanks. That's all. That was, that was it. That was yeah. it. I, I think in this movie, uh, Black in Civil War 2, Black Panther is like the hero's hero. Like his, his cause and his... Uh, motivations and understanding of the way things should be and what basically like leadership and and being a hero is all about like it's i mean this dude could lead the avengers like he is exactly the kind of guy that that should be like leading a nation or a team you know like if cap ever goes down this should be the leader of the Avengers. He's he's like the hero's hero. Paul, this guy should resonate with you because he is the gold star standard of what a superhero is. Yeah, I like him. I liked him a lot. And for any Jagoffs that say, well, Superman's not an interesting character, then don't tell me Black Panther is, is an interesting character because they have 
very similar subtle personalities and goals and motivations and i really like t'challa and black panther i haven't read a lot of black panther comics but like the way chadwick boseman handles them in these two marvel movies it's fucking cool man i thought the freeze up bit when he's around nakia was fucking stupid but other than that um i think it gave some humanity to a a tough guy character it, at that yeah, point. Yeah, it did, but I, I, it felt like that joke felt weak. Like of all of all the other good stuff that was in that movie, all the other real natural stuff, like that felt like that felt more like a plot plant than it did something natural with those characters. Yeah. <clears throat> now, uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's small potatoes. But yeah, he's like I really liked. I like Black Panther. I liked um, Killmonger a lot too. I'm really bummed that they killed him in the end. Yeah, I thought he was uh, one of the more nuanced uh, villains that Marvels had, um, probably ever. Uh, his his motivations are all there. They're grounded in uh, very human things. <laughs> you know, his 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 dad was taken away from him and he was left stranded. How ex- what I'm sorry. I must have missed exactly what his dad was was doing. Like what his I think a similar kind of like um plan to overthrow some stuff and get some vibranium or some, mm-hmm. you know, something on selling, a smaller scale of what Killmonger he was selling eventually vib- selling vibranium to Claw. Okay. Yeah. Like he's, he's the yeah he's the one that tipped off to claw that what Wakanda was and mm-hmm. you know what was beneath it and everything. Yeah, well, that's pretty terrible. Yo, yeah, he definitely right? shouldn't have done that, and but he probably should have been taken to Wakanda court instead of getting get murdered in his apartment. Well, I, I he, think that- he was in the process of attempting to commit murder himself, so maybe like he doesn't deserve better than what he got but it's so hard not to like sterling k brown and it was so good isn't it all wasn't it also in the name of trying to help oppressed people um i i thought that that was it was in the same lines of what killmonger eventually goes and has his mob um but on a much more low-key scale yeah so he was just sort of picking up the mantle of what his father was doing and trained his whole life to kind of become this this weapon that could carry out his father's dream, which you know is sort of like the you know the flip side of T'Challa being trained to become a king his entire life and everything. I thought there was a good duality there. Um, I know that we kind of shat on you know Golden Black Panther and how every Marvel movie has to have the bad version of the good hero. Um, but I thought this made sense how they did it, and it was a little bit more organic with the the ceremony to become Black Panther. That there is a that there are rules and laws that would allow Killmonger to challenge him to become the king. It now, made it made a little bit more sense than just like oh, I'm the bad guy and I found your tech and now I'm the Golden Black Panther. I don't. Panther. I don't like. I'm pretty sure this was a real thing that I inferred correctly from what the movie told me. But when he gets that, when he gets the gold Black Panther suit, he chooses the necklace that T'Challa passes up when yeah. Yeah. Shuri's giving him, you know, giving, giving, the giving less him tech options. less tech-heavy one. 
Yeah, the the less flashy one, the less bombastic one, but that's the one Killmonger picks. Mm-hmm. And like I think that's just a really subtle nod to who those characters are and what they represent that like I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was um it's I don't know. I I thought that there was there was just a ton of stuff that was that was really awesome in this movie. Wakanda itself. We talked a lot about Black Panther. I thought Black Panther himself kind of was it, he wasn't the most interesting thing that I took away from this movie. Um Wakanda as a nation and as a society and the the different warring tribes and the history all that stuff was fascinating. I'd never got any of that from any of the comics that I've read. Maybe I haven't read enough. World building. That's it's exactly that's the second point of things that we like. The it yes. was a standalone film, a lot of world building in it. So I it love was doing the, I love the different tribes, the different um animals connected to each tribe. I love that kind of Voltron-esque breakdown of things. Not that... What do you mean? That, you know, each tribe has, like, you know... They're, like, uh, like a, one each champion tribe, animal. Yeah, each tribe has, like, you know, their right. own different animal, different purpose. You yeah. Know, you know, but they all form Wakanda. Like, I love that kind of shit. It's sort of... It, it reminded me a little bit of, like, He-Man with some um, futuristic stuff added on top of some, you know, tribal-natured kind of things with, uh, you know, the flair of uh, some of the African stuff embedded in it. I thought it was really interesting, and that was the shit that I liked the most, all the history. I could watch the Wakanda prequel movie that, and be just as involved. That said, I was so distracted when that guy with the coin in his lip was on screen. Oh, I fucking hate it. Was it a CG coin, too? <laughs> no, I think that dude is, like, for real. Oh, man. Fucking his lip out. Lime, yeah, Wakanda, lime. Was, Wakanda was so cool, man. Like, I saw someone on uh, someone online was saying that, like, they just want to see a movie in Wakanda. And I want to see a movie in Wakanda, Black Panther doesn't even necessarily need to be in it. Black Panther wasn't really in this movie all that much. He was in the like casino scene and the very beginning casino scene, and at the very end, that's all he wore the costume for. He did a uh, Dark Knight Rises kind of you know sweet yeah. like little one bite kind of thing. A lot of, of shirtless Chadwick Boseman. A lot of T'Challa, not Black Panther. Well, he was, he had the South Korea sequence. Yeah, the the South Korea casino. Okay. Um, but yeah, not not a lot, not as much as I would have expected. And I wasn't let down because I, I was so involved in everything else. The yeah. supporting cast, one of the best supporting casts that we've seen in a while. Every single one of the members of the supporting cast has been a featured part of another movie or TV series. Yeah, there wasn't a bad uh, character. There wasn't a bad character written and there wasn't a bad portrayal of that character i thought everyone mm. on screen i think there was was fantastic there there was some imperfections like with the way some of the characters were written who's give me an example uh i don't remember his name um give I me a description i have the names here who, who? I, I have it written down hold on it was um Mbaku. Mbuku. Oh, I liked Mbaku. Yeah, he his like him? his heel turn at the end was so out of nowhere. Uh and it 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 made no sense. It showed no 
uh, foreshadowing whatsoever that he would be that kind of a character. But then he flips right back, like, and does like a reverse heel turn at the very end. It was so distracting to me. I was like, well, "What do you like? What do you mean? Explain uh, what what you mean? Uh, like a heel turn? Okay, so um, Mbaku uh, is a loyal friend to uh, T'Challa. No, no. Mbaku's the guy that challenges him when he's oh no 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 his friend his the, the oh um Daniel Kaluuya oh. the guy from Get Out. Yeah, him. Okay. What was his name? Um, Kawabi? Kawabi, right. So Kawabi is the one that has the, the heel turn, right? He's his loyal friend, and there's no uh, lead up to him switching sides. Like, all of a sudden, he, he joins sides with the crazy person. Well, no, he talks about how they should be more aggressive at the beginning of the film. He hints to, we should be more aggressive and mm -hmm. I'll go out in the world for you, blah, 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 blah. So you see okay. all of that. Black Panther promises him, I will, you know, I'll go out there and I'll get Claw and I'll bring him back dead right. or alive. And what does he do? He doesn't do that. But what does Killmonger right, do? Right. He makes good on that promise and brings back the most notorious villain of Wakanda. Right. So, of course, I would think that there... Maybe maybe not as quick or whatever, but like that, that makes sense that he would okay, possibly okay, do fair, that. Okay, fair, fair. And then he has the the reverse he, he'll switch at the very end. He's like, ah, all right, you know what? I'm I'm with the good guys again. Well, because he he's up against like his well, wife. He doesn't, he doesn't switch at the end. He gets beat. And and, and he he's can't up against kill his girlfriend. Yeah, and he's up against her. And like at the her end of that movie, I was pretty sure he was going to Wakanda jail. Her determination and love for Wakanda makes him see that he's wrong. I thought that's how, what I got out of it. Matt. I'm with you in the sense that I thought it was probably the lightest story arc, and they they you get the sense that like they they plant the seeds in the movie that him and T'Challa him and T'Challa have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like they're kind of buddies. They're pretty tight. He's also the boyfriend of the um, the Dora Milaje, Akoye. the yeah of Akoye, the the gen general of the Dora Milaje. So you get the sense that, oh, this is a good guy. This is a guy we can trust. And then he does jump to Killmonger's side really fast based on what they already... Granted, they did do the stuff where T'Challa couldn't deliver Claw and, you know, there were some, you know, you know he wasn't really in line with how T'Challa wanted to go about things. But I did think it happened pretty quick. It happened all of a sudden, both ways to me. All of a sudden, he's just going to be like, yeah, I'm going to mobilize my tribe to to fight like all all of these people like I could get if he was just like going after T'Challa or just being like no I don't agree with you but like he's like hey army go kill my girlfriend and I thought it was a little too big for the seeds that they planted right that's that's fair um I mean they were all of Wakanda was behind Killmonger after he you know, apparently killed Black Panther, and I I know that he yeah. just showed up, and and uh, you know the the what what's their the Royal Guard? How do you the say that? Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje. Like they flipped and turned back to Black Panther's side instantly, but I it took a little bit of time for the uh you know the Rhino Tribe to get their shit together and and see the light of day but yeah, i mean if maybe there's some stuff on the cutting room floor that would make it make a little bit more sense yeah and or I, I think with, with so many things going on in the movie and it is 
it is a movie. Like you're not gonna really gonna be able to develop those that you're not gonna be able to develop that relationship in the proper amount of time to make those decisions completely okay. Yeah. I can see where you're coming from. But I still think it was a really strong performance. But no, there's no weird acting in this movie. Like everyone was just really good. I thought I don't know what the fuck Forrest Whitaker was doing in Rogue One, but like I was like, oh yeah, this is good Forrest Whitaker again. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But his performance in Rogue One was so dumb. I wish he would have. So crazy. See, I'm, I'm mad. I wish he would have did that crazy ass <laughs> shit. Like that would have been appropriate. He's like I, an old crazy shaman. I would have loved that I, man. Bring the fro. Do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I fucking hated him so bad in Rogue One that like I can't even look at him anymore without just being like, ugh. Like seriously, when I saw him and I didn't even know he was going to be in this and when he shows up on screen, I was like, really? I felt the same way when I first saw him in this. And then he hooked it up and I was like, oh, thank God. I love Forrest Whitaker again. Oh, well, uh, we're talking spoilers here, right? Oh yeah, as we when always he, do. When he when he took the spear in the stomach and he and he went face down in the three inches of water. That's how people drown in the bathtub, you know. Uh, I was like, all right, good, get rid of him. Boy, like, your I, hate runs deep. Yeah, kind of. Like three because three inches of water three deep. Three inches of water deep. That's Forrest Whitaker hate. Yeah, yeah. Just from care. just from They're his great. like five minutes of screen time in Rogue One. It was more than five minutes. And hey, let's not forget, people fucking hate Ahmed best because of Jar Jar Binks. And I but he never contend- did anything to redeem himself. Well, okay, granted. However, I would say that uh, Saw Guerrero was a way more offensive character than uh, Jar Jar Binks <laughs> ever was. That's funny. But hey, That's you know what? Stuff. I'm in the minority on that one, admittedly. Yeah. Um, uh, shit. I had a point, but I forget what About it was. About Forrest Whitaker? It might have been. I, I forget what it was. Of water? Yeah, something like that. Ah, fuck. I'll remember it at a later date. But uh, were there any other... Um, oh, I, I remember what I wanted to say about... Um, I like that this film's comedy was um, nice and subtle. It wasn't wacky and over-the-top cream pies and banana peels. It was sort of like... Um, like a classic style of Marvel humor. This was my kind of tone. Some serious good stuff. Blend of some, some funny. Yeah, yeah. It, good this blend of everything. Was so refreshingly not a comedy. Uh, how many Marvel movies, like consecutively, the last Marvel movies that we've seen have been like comedy first, superhero movies have, second. Have been dubbed on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. The funniest, the funniest Marvel Yeah, movie. right, until the next one. Like, going backwards, um, Thor Ragnarok, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, um, what was before that? Guardians 2? <laughs> Guardians yeah. 2. Holy shit, yeah. Uh, well, Thor um, and Guardians 2 were just, I mean, they were, you know, Marvel at the improv. Right, and, you know, I mean, granted... Spider-Man had a lot of character moments, but damn, was that heavy on comedy, too. Although, I give that a pass, because Spider-Man's supposed to be a funny character, Mm -hmm. but, like, Thor? (laughs) Come on. Yeah. I'm really glad that they didn't make this character that is serious and regal into some fucking yuckster. Exactly. That was so refreshing. Um, I, I I was... Like, I went in with 
not low expectations, but pretty much like just apathetic expectations. Because I don't know a lot about Black Panther. I saw him in Civil War, but I didn't even He's really right. remember how much I yeah. liked him in, in Civil War. Yeah. I thought he was cool. I thought he was cool, but the, I'm, I'm with you, Paul. I haven't read a lot of Black Panther stuff. You know, the, yeah. I, I'm glad that they gave him, like, they gave Black Panther in this movie, like, a little different power, the, like, the kinetic energy thing, and even, just and to he, make him a little yeah. bit different. And even thinking about the character, I'm like, all right, well, this dude has a super suit that makes him invincible on top of the purple part of the wild stuff the, that the purple also makes him purple drink that makes him the scissor invincible as well plus he's the king of his own country i'm like what is gonna be what's gonna what what's the relatability of this character gonna be that pulls me into who he is and i'm really glad that they made it a personal story about his family and some decisions his dad made and you know what he means to his people and what his people mean to him and it it really got to the roots of what I want to see about that character. It's stuff that they could have done in Ragnarok mm-hmm. with Thor and the Asgardians and losing his home and you his know, relationship with up, Odin, standing up to save you know the the Asgardians that are left. And they could have got into some really meaty emotional beats about what family means, what um, you know. W- what patriotism means. And they did a little bit of that in um, the dark world with him and Loki and some of that stuff with, um, uh, with, with her mother dying. I always forget her fucking name. Freya. 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 Uh, And they, they did some of that stuff, but then they, I feel like they undid it at the end with like the trick of Loki being, yeah, you know, being dead, but then taking over Asgard yeah, and all that so wacko banana coming stuff. Coming off Ragnarok, I was like, this was really refreshing to give me a lot of meat on the Black Panther bone. Yeah, and uh, the just the um, the line that uh, his dad says to him when they're in the spirit world, you know, it's it's uh, it's hard for a good man to be a king, and I think that really rings true if you even look back what we talked about in Civil War when he he doesn't kill the man that murdered his father and he doesn't do all the things that he eventually finds out that his his dad killed his uncle and his yeah, dad did some bad stuff and and but T'Challa is a better man than that and it does speak Matt to you better saying that he's you know a hero's hero and it's something that um that's really nice and refreshing to see in in some of these movies where it can get a little grim and dark and yeah. um he's 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 clearly a good guy I thought it was a very interesting moment when he goes into the into the dream world whenever he um is it when he loses his powers he has the dream or when he get when he gets the when powers he, back when he gets right? the powers back he goes into the whenever. dream world yeah and when he sees his father and and he basically demands an explanation like why why would you leave the boy there in in America instead of bringing him back yeah and it was all about protecting like I expected T'Chaka to have some kind of explanation that I would be like, oh yeah, like his dad was so wise, he he knew what he was doing. Yeah. But all he did was make the wrong decision, and then 
uh, T'Challa just calls him out and screams at him that you were wrong. You yeah. made the wrong decision. You did the wrong thing. And I thought that was really interesting because it was very unexpected for me. It, um, and I, and I liked that. It's sort of a relatable moment, I think, for us. I, I know that none of us have children, but we've grown older and our relationships with our parents and our fathers, you know, change. And um, you, you see... You see your parents in a different light as you get older and mm -hmm. you see some of the things and how the decisions that they make aren't always the right ones to make or that you ask them and they don't have a great answer for right. why they did those things. And I thought that was a extremely relatable personal moment um, that probably reached a lot of people in the audience. So. Yeah. Now, I wanted to say that the big um, the big kind of unexpected uh I don't know. Maybe my favorite part was um, a character that I didn't even know existed. And it was uh, Shuri. His sister. Child's yeah. sister, his younger sister. This movie is she, tough with the names, boy. <laughs> uh, her real name is Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright. Letitia. Letitia? It's Letitia, <laughs> but it does look like Letitia. Okay, well, sorry, I never heard it pronounced. But anyway, Letitia Wright. Who is in the Black Museum episode of Black Mirror that didn't hit me the entire time I was watching Black Panther until yesterday someone was talking about it and I was like, oh yeah. It's hilarious be her. because on Monday I watched that episode of Black Mirror and I was like, she's just in everything black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> like her uh, counterpart brother, Ch Chadwick Boseman, um, she exuded buckets of charisma, I thought, and I felt like she was a, an absolute scene stealer, no matter who she was on the screen with. Um, maybe not so much when she had the little gloves that fired, like laser bolts and stuff. I was a little bit like, mm. but other than that, like all of her moments were absolute like gold to me. They were vibranium. Some more rare metal than gold. <laughs> Powerful. Although yeah, you she would was think the, it, maybe it ain't that rare if they have like a fucking mountain of it. Like it's <laughs> Well, it's rare since it's unknown. So you know, yeah, if you right. if you don't know about something, I guess it's rare. Yeah, she was really welcome, uh comedic um relief in this film. Uh yeah, but like it was always on the more like subtle uh nature of, of you know of comedy, like she was just a really good character. Um, whenever she was uh, in danger, I was a little bit worried for her because I didn't want to see that character go because she was probably my favorite character in the movie, if yeah. not, you know, Black Panther because I really liked him a lot. But, like, she deserves tons of credit because she was freaking great. And I also liked his, his like, the head of the... Um, Lakoya. What are they called again? The Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje, yeah. Uh, his his personal bodyguard. Walking Dead Zones and I Guerrera. She I'm, was, I'm sitting in the theater. <clears throat> I, I I tell my wife, hey, oh that's that's Michonne, and and later on she's like, oh she's in the Walking Dead. I don't know who Michonne is. I'm like, uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Um, she was very good too. She was really good. I like really you, liked her performance. And you said that the supporting cast was was really good. Uh. Yeah, I I mostly agree with that. I um 
I'm actually lukewarm on the villains of this movie. I, I probably wouldn't heap the praise on them that, that you guys did, but um, I thought probably the weakest character in the movie was Martin Freeman. His character, I just I just don't buy. I don't yeah. buy him as a former hotshot pilot. Well, he's the token uh, white guy. I don't, I don't buy him as a special op CIA agent. Like, he's just... He's like the shitty hobbit that's like kind of infiltrated I, this movie. I buy him as both of those things because he's not very tall and pilots are not very tall. And I've seen him in Sherlock where you absolutely buy him as John Watson as a special ops agent. So that's in his wheelhouse. And yeah. maybe because I've seen him play more of that character, like a lot of his stuff, especially yeah. in the final battle at the end, is played for a little bit of comedic relief. That doesn't come through, but like I've seen him play that character. Yeah, I've seen Sherlock as well, and uh, I <laughs> he's still not a CIA agent to me. Like when he's walking around talking into the cuff of his of his shirt, like <clears throat> you know, we got we got a couple bogeys at twelve o'clock. Like just shut up, Hobbit. <laughs> I uh, on the flip side, I really liked Andy Circus, but uh, a legit question is: Andy Circus juicing? He was fucking ripped in this movie. He was real big and bulky. He seemed, yeah, he seemed stocky, like yeah, yeah solid. Um, yeah, yeah, he was good. I'm sad that they fucking killed I'm him. Man. Real I'm sad like, that I, they killed him. I like think he he's, had a lot of he's, spunk. He's great color for the Marvel Come universe. On, Paul. Hmm. How dare you? Like he is just fucking spice in the Marvel stew. Yeah, like you can just throw that character. Just having him in that world. You don't world have good yeah. villains. Makes him more right. throw away. He, like right. keep him. He was, he was okay. I think he uh, was fun. He he liked being a villain. That's for sure. Oh fuck yeah! He he ate up those scenes, boy. Yeah, and um, and he really went out like very matter of factly. Yeah. Like it was it was just kind of like oh yeah. Okay, but then. I mean, he is in Wakanda. Who knows what kind of tech they got there and bring you back to life you never know yeah i liked how killmonger no, he didn't oh yeah he is he, killmonger i like how killmonger killed his girlfriend like yeah no big deal yeah they, the i mean it's mission. in his it's in his fucking name you know what was the last time we saw uh inside lip tattoos was that the blade series maybe um because with right. the vampires hat, yeah, right. It was the blade yeah, the familiars habit. Right? Yeah, because Ryan Reynolds yeah. was like, I used to be one of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a lot I mean, of people gonna be running around this Halloween with some inside lip bright tattoos. Right. Well, in Blade they were black, right? Mm, but yeah. in this they're bright blue. Yeah. So Marvel running the monopoly on inner lip tattoos. So yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure right. It's tapped out. Like you. Nobody else can Nobody do that. Nobody can do the lip tattoos. Right? Like yeah. when the Shazam movie comes out, there better not be inside lip tattoos. I thought another, uh, you know, talking about uh, the villains of this movie, one last thing on Killmonger. I thought when he went into the, you know, spirit world or whatever, and he runs into his his father, <laughs> there are two two things about that that I thought were interesting. Uh, one thing that's interesting, you know, all, all the all the people from Wakanda that pass away seem to be in the spirit realm because it seemed like Sterling K. Brown knew that T'Challa cried for his father when he showed up, but Killmonger didn't cry for him when he showed up and he seemed a little heartbroken and he said, you know, no tears for me, son. And like that was in Killmonger was just like everybody dies. And 
It, it was just, it was, uh, I thought it w- it just really got to the heart of that character and it was kind of a, a touching and interesting moment between those characters. And it was nice to have that moment with, with the um, antagonist of the film and kind of live with him a little bit like that. So I don't know. I, I, I really... I really enjoyed Michael B. Jordan's performance. Yeah, I was, like him in almost everything I've seen him in. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I liked him a lot in this. It was good to see uh, a villain get a little more screen time and be a bit more fleshed out. But Marvel has set the bar so stunningly low for villains yeah. that, I mean, is it really that hard to do better than what we typically get? Um, Maybe not. But, I mean, I, I'd like to give them some, some props whenever they do something that's that's good. And I thought this was good. I enjoy, I enjoyed it. I don't. Whenever he says "no tears for me," I, I I didn't read that as he knows T'Challa cried for T'Chaka. I read that as like, oh, you like I died and you get to see me in the afterlife, and you're so stoic. Like I yeah, read that well, just maybe. as as that scene was happening on its maybe own. Maybe it had double meaning. Maybe. I mean, uh, as an audience member, we're privy to what right. happened before. So maybe yeah. maybe I'm reading way too much into it. But when you do go to the spirit realm the first time, you do see other Wakandans in the background. Um, right. So, right. I, you know, so that's just maybe that's me reading a little bit too, too I mean, much into it. We need to get into, um, I mean, not right now, but would have to get into the laws of the spirit world like <laughs> like why you know, like why is is Sterling uh, K. Brown in the jungle can he go to the jungle what kind of conversation do you have with the person that murdered you why is he in the spirit world if he wasn't a black panther well there yeah. were other wakandans in the spirit world they yeah. were black panthers they were all black they panthers? were former black panthers yeah because when all when they jumped down from the trees they stand back up as black panther people um do you think maybe is it a uh, is it possibly the line of royal blood that gets to go to the spirit realm? Maybe. Uh, God, this movie's a oh, fucking that means joke. Ki- that means Killmonger <laughs> is in the spirit world. Yeah, like I like, fuck, I like, fuck. I like Killmonger, but nobody can go back to the spirit world now he's because kill them. Be, well, no, because all of the uh, purple the flowers purple are gone. Heart. So no, there are. He's the last of the Black Panthers, right? No, there's good. What do there's, you mean? They burned them all. Yes. At the end of this movie, that's what you're led to believe. But there's going to be some hidden reserve. Oh, they have a uh, purple uh, purple juice. Uh, they they have a they have a backlog got, of juice flowers. Yeah, they got Fago plant and <laughs> Wakanda. Drink. They got this. <laughs> yeah, like what I, a I, I was really bummed that they killed him because like I I thought he was a good character in this movie, but at the same time I was a little disappointed. I was like, yeah, yeah, he's. He's the bad version of Black Panther. If he doesn't get raised properly, I get it. We've seen the bad version of heroes a billion times, but the he didn't get redeemed at the end. But Black Panther two set a big stage for him to be redeemed. In the end of the movie, like you get the the beginning of that, and I think he would have been such an interesting character. And just like Claw, I think he's a really interesting character that made that would have made the MCU richer. And, like, for whatever reasons, you know, I get why they had to... Maybe they didn't ha- even have to kill Claw. Maybe, you know, they find a way to stun him and lock him up. You know, Killmonger brings him back. Lock He's him not Stunmonger. He yeah, I, 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 I get it, but I, I, those are two 
very good characters, very rich characters that I think would make the Marvel Cinematic Universe better. And I was just, I was really bummed that they killed him. I get why they did it, but I agree. I think if there out. is any missteps or I'd rather that them I have would... killed Martin Freeman. Are you happy with that, Matt? <laughs> It, uh, it, that yeah, fucking pussy. Completely expendable. That little bitch. Couldn't have been more expendable. <laughs> Even if he was in the Expendables 1, 2, or 3. Yeah, right. <laughs> Expendables oh, 4 Martin with Freeman. I thought Ma- he was really good. I was afraid yeah, he was... Expendables 4 with Martin Freeman? <laughs> I was afraid he was gonna die. I want to see that movie. I want to see... I just want to see the poster it's with called, little Martin Freeman and all these roided out grandfathers. No, 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 no. It's, it's, expend, it's called Expendable 4 and it's just Martin Freeman. <laughs> I, I really like his character. I was afraid they were going to kill him whenever... Uh, I, I, like, I thought he was going to shoot the shit down and then they were going to break through that window and kill him. I'm really glad no, he got no, out. No, they broke through as soon as he shoots everything down. Like... Like, gee, what what perfect timing. Those are Wakandan windows, Matt. They're better than any other windows in the Right. World. They're the kind of windows that can hold up just long enough to make sure you f- complete your mission and they have, break as soon as They have you perfect the dramatic timing. Yeah, exactly. They're movie windows. <laughs> <laughs> they're, it's called sugar glass, I believe. <laughs> so some of the other um, kind of uh, cliches that that this movie kind of fell into uh, aside from uh, dramatically breaking windows was like, these are things that I've seen in like, we've all seen in a bunch of Marvel movies that unfortunately this movie didn't break away from. And it drove me crazy because I'm so tired of things like this. And I'll, I'll, I got them listed here. Masks that come off whenever dialogue needs to be delivered. This was and, a egregious violator of that. Yes, like, like it was like every time they had to talk, it went down. It was fucking it was, bananas. It was <laughs> so. I don't know for you, Ian, but it distracted me to the point of. I'm not gonna say anger, but irritation for sure. Um, I wasn't irritated. I was amused. Is angrily amused? Is it, that a thing? It was like in the f- final fight with Killmonger. Yeah, unbelievable. It, it was every time they had to speak, their there masks be, came. Okay, down. right. The and and the masks just happened to be so technologically advanced they could materialize and then go away just as quickly as Star Lord's mask. And I'm realizing that all these stupid fucking masks operate the same way because that way we can get them off so we can see the fifty million dollar actor portraying this fucking character because the rest of it is CGI. Like, they weren't even human beings fighting at the end, which drove me insane. But the masks, there would literally be, let's fight, masks come off, we say something to each other, masks go back on, more fighting. Yeah. Like, it, it I happened... Hate, I hate the Star-Lord mask. It happened no less than five times during that final fight. Yeah, I, it, it, was, it was distracting. Um, and... And it's like I'm so I don't want to see their fucking faces during like a big battle. Mm-hmm. They do like, oh, we got to get uh, Spider Man's mask off. We got to see how gorgeous uh, Tom Holland Tom Holland is, and we got to get the handsome, you know, Chris Pratt. Uh, we're not even gonna bother with a mask for Captain America anymore, right? Like it's I'm 
just his stop beard it. is his mask. Stop it. Right. Just stop that. Put the mask on. If you don't want Chris Evans to wear a mask, then he can be fucking Superman. <laughs> Seriously. McSauce Law. <laughs> and then that that leads into the like the CGI fight at the end. Um yeah. All the Marvel movies end the same fucking way. Huge CGI fest. Uh, it, it it doesn't even have human beings in them anymore. It's just, it's 15 Cartoons. minutes of CGI. And it's so unfortunate because everything up until the finale, which should be the, the culmination, the most exciting part, is the worst part of the movie. It's it, it, it lacks the human element. It lacks the real drama to make you care. when you're it, it, Because it's not good enough to think, oh yeah, I'm watching real people. Like it, it, watching, you know, animation. You're not watching real people anymore. Yeah, like the better fight was the fight with them in the three inches of water. Exactly. Shirtless. Exactly. Uh, mm. Just, you know, oddly enough, Ryan Coogler's uh, other movie that he directed, Creed, the better fight was the earlier fight. Uh, and compared to the uh, the finale fight, the one in Tijuana, the like single shot one, yeah, yeah, that yeah. one was awesome. Um, although that that does bring up a point with Ryan Coogler. Uh, one criticism that I have for him because I feel like he's a good director for getting performances and and including drama with the characters. My problem with him is I think his action kind of sucks. Yeah, it's too close. It's like. If you remember the first Batman movie that Chris Christopher Nolan did, um, all the action was so close you couldn't really make out what was happening. I want to see this shit. I don't want it to be so close and and frenetic that I can't really see like cool moves and choreography and stuff. You didn't think um, it worked in Creed? Um, better than it did in this. I thought that in Creed it was it was excellent for what it was because you were close and you felt like you were in the ring and it was purposeful that he did that the but first I thought fight, that it was yeah, um, yeah maybe maybe not the second fight but yeah the first fight I, was very effective I, I mean I think the the fight in Rocky Balboa was probably better because they made it look like a real fight like the way that that was shot and I think the other fights like particularly Rocky one and two even though the choreography is a little bit lacking, but you know, for the time um, it was good. I think the actual like setup of the shots, the fact that you could kind of see the punches, the, t the shots were more than like one punch cut away. It was like an actual choreog choreographed exchange. Um, it's just better. I think it's more interesting and, and it's more impressive. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, people which is really nice too I, I enjoy when i'm watching real people like this ending reminded me so much of the phantom menace but kind of like a lot worse yeah. um and i'll explain what i mean by that you have the uh the black panthers fight right mm -hmm. that's that's qui-gon and obi-wan versus now i have Quagon Jin sounds like a Wakandan name. Now. It kind of does, right? <laughs> um, and and they were fighting like within the bowels of. They're fighting within the bowels of like the vibranium mines. What? A quick aside. I don't know what it is. I can't remember any fucking name from Rogue One, except Cassian Andor. But I remember every name from Black Panther. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and this isn't because I've seen Black Panther more recently. This is just. How it 
how it is. I don't yeah. know what it is about the Black Panther names, but they just you know ring better and stick in my name. All those Rogue One names, like I have no fucking idea who anyone is in that movie. Well, while they are, they're a little difficult to say. A lot they're earthen names like Koye, Christian Koye, the Nigerian nightmare. You know that's how We're I remember all familiar that. Familiar with McSauce, own Nigerian nightmare. You don't know who you don't know Christian Okoye? He was a running back for the Chiefs back it, in the nineties. Yeah, I, I I know that name, but I wouldn't have I no. wouldn't have pulled that. So Matt, you were saying Yeah, okay, so you have the Black Panther fight, which is reminiscent of the lightsaber duel, like um that took place in the core like of the city in Star Wars, right? We get it. Uh, then you have the the big battle in the field, which was the Gungans and the battle droids fighting. In this, you had the the different tribes fighting in the field, and you involved a couple rhinos. Poor CGI on those, by the way. Um, and then, man, you, um, Matt Cassell, expert rhino CGologist. No, it's just another one of those like for whatever reason, like animals, like big rhino like animals. Uh, just seem to not work a lot of the time, whether it's like in Lord of the Rings, like with those, um, like those dog things, they just always the look wargs. a little, the wargs or, or the, um, the elephants, yeah, the like elephants the, right. or whatever they were called mm-hmm. in the, like they look okay, they're serviceable, but they just like make them look better. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why it's so difficult. So then but, you have the Death Star battle with, then, uh, Martin Freeman. Right, yeah. I mean, it like you had like these three Good phases, pull. but none of them to me. I just, I, I guess, I wasn't as invested in any one of those three phases like I was for like the Phantom Menace. Maybe because I felt like the stakes were felt more dire in the Phantom Menace. Like we actually had the main character, even though that, you know exactly what was going to happen later on in that story. I, yeah, right. Like <laughs> I mean, you know that that. T'Challa isn't gonna die, you know. He's gonna beat Warmonger. Well, no, I was talking about Star Wars because he had or yeah, Killmonger. I mean, like you didn't know if the Wakandan technology doesn't get it. You know that Black Panther will not die. You know that Okoye will not die because we've seen them in the trailer for right. Avengers. But you don't know if like a Wakandan technology doesn't get out there. You know they could be on the ropes. Um, but me, you absolutely maybe. know that Anakin Skywalker. Makes it out <laughs> right, but you know, but the main character of that movie, Qui Gon Jinn, you don't know how he's gonna, you know, how what's he gonna goes, happen. He he people, he ends up going to and, the fucking uh, the land in Wakanda where, lot, with all right, those other Black again, Panthers, right? And we see him again in in the third movie. <laughs> but like a lot of people predicted that that character wouldn't die in this movie; that he would like go and be in the next one and maybe die in the third one by Anakin. Like that was kind of like one of the. Uh, predictions like w- before anybody really knew how things are going to play out yeah but anyway it i felt like it was super similar to that and um, i didn't in the moment but now that you pointed out i i do feel that way i think that's a good um line to draw between the two films um it, so heavy on the cgi for the finale just like thor ragnarok was like super guilty of that um and then uh I know I know I'm gonna get beat up for this, but again, the soundtrack. I realized that it it was fitting for the for the setting and everything. The drum, like the uh, tribal drum beats, were cool. They seemed appropriate, but I I can't help but long for some kind of the Black Panther theme. What is it? Hum it, yeah. or at least tell me what the beat is. Like 
it just doesn't like resonate in any meaningful like lasting way and like come on why why not why shouldn't that character have some kind like wonder woman has tribal drums and when you hear it you get a fucking boner because you know that like the hero is about to show up on the screen why does the black panther not have something equal to that i agree with that that would be a super easy one to have some standout theme music that we could associate quickly with black panther so Mm -hmm. yeah um, I mean, we're not going to beat you up. I think that's a valid point. Well, a lot you don't of get beat say. up for valid points, Matt. When you make good points, you know, we go along with it. One last negative uh, about this. Uh, um, this isn't like a, a Marvel movie trope that seems to happen in all the movies, but I didn't like the way that he lost his powers and regained them and lost them and regained them. To me, it felt kind of like lazy storytelling it i don't know if that happens in the comics where he can do that but it felt like so well we got to figure out a way for him to you know put him on the level with the other character and to me it would have just made more sense to bring killmonger's powers up to equal that of t'challa's rather than have him lose his powers and get him back then lose him and get him back it just it felt like such a, a weak plot device to kind of carry the, the story the along. Fight. Yeah. Right. And well, the real question is like, so T'Chaka dies in civil war, right? Uh, T'Challa, we assume is not the black Panther at that point. Right. Is, is right. that, is that what we're to assume? So and then yeah, he's yeah. running around war, he's without black Panther powers and just the he's suit. He's using the suit. Which so we're, has its own powers. Okay, so it's you. We think it's just a suit. I don't know. He was doing point. all the. Same he was doing shit. a lot of shit. Yeah, it looked like the same uh, workout regimen. I think it's a little bit of a maybe a like a inconsistent plot hole. If you and really, that's a nitpick. It's but a nitpick. If, right. if like we're to be told that the power of the Black Panther is tied into the historic um, gift of this flower or whatever. Uh, this fago plant, <laughs> or whatever yeah, you want to call it. The, I didn't know grape drink existed. I well, thought me, me all neither. of his powers just, came from the soup. Yeah, me too. Um, but I'm saying now that we know better, it is an inconsistency. And that's a fucking nitpick. Everybody on the internet, I know. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I wasn't, I was pulling my lip down. I wasn't showing you my... Uh, you're Wakanda we know you're not from Wakanda. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to... <laughs> Are there white Wakandans? Is it like a South I, African the white wolf, my friend? Thing? I don't think so, man. A little tidbit at the end: the white wolf. Oh, well, I mean, he's not. Wakandan. He's but he's not from. Wakanda. He's a w- Wakandan. <laughs> they, they nationalize him at some point. <laughs> I guess I, so. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think so. The after credit scene where we see a fully rehabilitated Bucky Barnes, who, by the way, hit the weights, dude. You are so shown up by Michael B. Jordan, and uh, he's been—he's been in a coma for who knows how long. No excuse. I want you out of out of ice and looking Ripped. roided up. He needs to get on that uh, that claw oh, program. Get him some vibrate. Apparently, vibranium solves everything. Gunshot wounds—it's metal, but like somehow it heals gunshot wounds. Uh, it should also make your muscles huge. But uh, Sebastian is this detectable Shaw, by Stan? Sebastian, yeah, Sebastian Shaw is the <laughs> Anakin. Um, Sebastian Stan, uh, I feel like since Civil War has not been working out. 
Well, he hasn't had to. Would you if you didn't have to? Yeah, you do have to because the one and only sequence... He's in a fucking stinger at the end of Black Panther. He doesn't need to work out, and it makes sense. Which will be... It makes sense in the story that he's not all roided out because he's been in a coma. His muscle mass is shrunk. It makes perfect sense. Well, how do you explain... If he is roided out, you need to jump through more hoops being like, well, he's been getting a purple juice vibranium diet this whole time. That's kept his muscles stimulated in all the right ways. Like he's he's been in a coma. He's, he loses muscle. Isn't he mass. always in a coma sense. though? Like, isn't his natural state like in freeze mode? Like Ooh, when they put him there. in the deep freeze. Any, any well, not necessarily because as I'm saying this, I'm like reworking my argument here. But like because Winter Soldier's gig is, you know, we wake you up for 15 minutes, go assassinate JFK, and then we put you back in the fridge. Like so, he's always kind of like frozen. Oh, is that what they do with him? You read the book, motherfucker. Like I didn't. Yeah, I guess I forgot that they woke him up for they wake short him, periods and then yeah, put him like back he's under. not active all the time. Like they wake him up to change world history and then put him back in the fridge. I don't know comic book science. No, okay, so it's over then. No, I mean right. I, I could keep going with this because yeah. I have an argument for it, but like it's dumb comic book science. So what's what's the point? We can wrap this up. All right. Okay. So do we want to throw some scores? This yeah, short movie, sure. You know, uh, why don't you go first since you started our conversation? Okay. Um. Yeah. I um. I really enjoyed this movie. I think it meant a lot to a lot of people. Uh, it surprised me with how much I cared about Wakanda and the whole, the whole uh, history of Black Panther. The character, so not so much. You know, he was cool and everything, but I really, really enjoyed um, the world and what it means now moving forward in the Marvel cinematic universe that Wakanda is a place that is visible to everyone and is going to be a leader in technology. What that's going to do to uh, the world in the Marvel Universe. I think that's interesting. Um, I didn't have high hopes for this movie. I thought it was going to be cool. I thought it was going to be some standard ass, you know, maybe some Ant-Man or, you know, just some like some some okay, maybe some Thor of the Dark World type thing. Um, it surprised me. It was it was really good. Um, I give it an eight. It was uh, it was it was pretty good. I really liked it. Had some problems here and there. Um, Matt, you you really pointed out uh, the ending was a little flat. Um, but I really like the theme. I like the villain. I like the supporting cast, and I like the world building that it did. So I, I give it an eight. I'm also gonna give it an eight. I really well, cutting liked right it. to the chase. Really liked it. I like the supporting cast a lot. Okoye, Nakia, and Shuri were were awesome. Like I thought the three of them were so great, you know, filling out uh T'Challa's world. Um Wakanda was like the best character in the movie. Like I wanna see more Wakanda shit. I love that love that world building. Give me more of that. Uh so yeah, I was pretty much happy on, on all fronts, so eight. I think that's what makes uh what Thor Ragnarok did so egregious, so offensive, like getting rid of Asgard, like it doesn't matter. And and every aspect of what makes Thor, Thor getting rid of it, because you had such a great world that you had built to that point and, and could continue to build on. And you just threw it away. Like it was meaningless there. Like there is merit to the story of destroying the world. It's, you know, kind of like, you know, blowing up the Enterprise. 
Like there is merit to that story, but it was just handled so poorly. Well, I don't know. Like in the Marvel movies, you have now, in my opinion, three unique but yet similar kind of like other worlds, right? You got Guardians, Wakanda, and and Asgard. And I feel like Which this... Which is now a junk freighter floating through space. Right, right, exactly. With a blue captain. Yeah. Um, but I feel like uh, Wakanda is very much like in that vein, like of its uniqueness. Um, and, and like, because when Guardians showed up, it was like, that was really cool. Like that wasn't really like to that point what a superhero movie was. And to this day, it really isn't exactly a superhero movie. And I'm not sure how much Black Panther felt like a superhero movie. I mean, you had like the cool fight and everything. Although I will say that while I liked the, the two fights with uh, Killmonger, you know, the, the one where the hero gets defeated and then the redemption fight where he wins, it, it's out of like all those kind of fights. It's, maybe not quite as fun as some of the other ones like Rocky three, for example, I, I prefer that. And then the rematch or maybe you take Thunderlips over Killmonger. <laughs> no, no, no. When he lost to, when he lost to, um, Oh, uh, um, shit. Uh, Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang. He lost right, the title right. and then he beats him later at the end of the movie. And, uh, spoilers for those of you that haven't seen it. And, uh, like, um, you like the, Rocky three better than Rocky four, right? Uh, no, no, okay. I don't. Um, uh, Rocky three is very quickly my order: Rocky one, Rocky two, Rocky Balboa, uh, Rocky four, Rocky three, Rocky five. Do we not? Are you not counting Creed in there? Are we uh, gonna? Creed, are we gonna leave Creed? Creed's as probably an aside? after Rocky Balboa, yeah. so it's like my fourth. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, Rocky 4, 5, and 3, 4, and 5 started to get, like, just kind of cartoony and silly, yeah. especially 4. 4 is over-the-top cartoony, but, I good, mean, it, good it has to be... words for a Sylvester Stallone movie. It has to be said that, uh, you know, Ivan Drago does murder Killmonger's father in that movie, so it's all connected. He does, right, yeah. Oh, man. It's all connected. Are you waiting for the Rocky, uh, the Rocky uh, Black Panther? Rocky crossover? goes to Wakanda, and he, <laughs> and, he, Wakanda. and he runs into the three inches of water and does the Rocky thing. I can't wait. The fight happens in front of uh, T'Challa, right? Where where uh, Creed, Michael B. Jordan's character, has to fight Ivan Drago's uh, grandson or whatever in front of royalty, and T'Challa's like, "Man, you look so familiar." <laughs> I feel like I killed you. I can't wait for that movie, the crossover, Rocky Black Panther crossover. <laughs> um, but I, the um, the Batman, Bane versus uh, Batman, like the you had the first fight, no sound, uh, or no mm -hmm. soundtrack to it, and it was like so cool watching Bane beat the shit out of Batman, who just yeah. couldn't couldn't beat him, and then uh, then the fight that they have later. I always like my cool. heroes getting the shit, the shit beat out of them, though. And then come, I like that, no, so. I like that. And then yeah. they come back and have the rematch. I'm just yeah. saying, as far as like other ones that I could think of, I preferred the other ones to what we got in, in this movie. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately for me, like the, the, the problems that this movie is guilty of... Um, <clears throat> 
mixed with uh, the fact that I'm growing impatient for like Marvel to not do these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it really affected the way that I felt about it. I, I came away feeling kind of like how I went in very uh, tepid expectations. And I, and I came away with kind of a tepid reaction um, for frankly, for everything that I felt like it did right. It did maybe one or two things wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I, I came away just feeling so like, eh, all right, yeah. another Marvel movie. Yeah, uh, you didn't. Um, you said you, you you really liked Wakanda. It gave us something I new and interesting. And- I really liked uh, in Guardians. I, I liked that world that they built, that universe. And I, and in Thor, I like that Asgard stuff, but I still didn't love the movies. Yeah. Um. I, well, I love Guardians 1, actually, but Guardians 2, I think, was a pretty big misstep. Um, so I, I'm i going to give it a five. Um, five? Yeah, r- middle of the road, huh. like, didn't love it, didn't hate it. Um, the, I will say this, the, uh, the seeds have been planted for great things to come. If they can break away from... Uh, some of the things that Marvel just can seems to not be able to, um, when it comes to like their movies, like if they can break the formula a little bit and, and not get, I don't know, just, just let themselves like be a bit more original, especially with endings. Like to me, like that's a very important part of the movie is, is the climax in the movie. And it seems like they continually fall flat to me. I do wish that the reliance on CG with that, all of our comic book movies, this isn't just a Marvel thing, a Black yeah. Panther thing. Justice all of the League com- did it. Yeah. Like, could we feel like we're actually in the room with these dudes? Right. And like, think feel that- like everybody is a person in this room. And like, we're not going to get that with um, um, Infinity War. Um, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, it's going to be the same thing. And yeah, like I, I, I agree with you on that. It, it didn't kill it for me, but I wholeheartedly agree that we need to see something a little bit different. Yeah, well, I, I like the character a lot and I'm looking forward to what they do with him in the future. I'm lo- Actually, he's one of my favorite characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. I think he's that good of a hero and I'm really looking forward to maybe what he does an infinity war maybe you know he can bring something to that movie um but uh yeah just the movie's just guilty of too many uh missteps in my opinion to to be better than just average all right there you have it folks yeah the official mix sauce black panther review i think we came away pretty positive so if you haven't seen black panther yet go see black panther it's a good movie to go see in the theater. A lot of big action, a lot of fun. A lot go of see it with the people. The screen. It's fun. There was a moment in the theater, the moment when um, uh, Daniel, what's his face? You Kal- know, Kaluuya? When, yeah. When he says the thing about to Okoye, like, oh, you're not, you wouldn't kill me, would you? And she's like, kill you from my country. Some lady down the front was like, yeah! Yeah. To raucous... <laughs> Laughter and applause in the theater. There, the moment when Killmonger was like, "Bury me in the in the ocean with my people because it's better to you know to die than to live in chains or whatever." He said, and somebody directly behind me was like, "That's right." 
It's <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck yes, lady. I had a slightly different uh, experience. In you didn't my go theater. see it with the people? No, I saw it with a bunch of crackers. Fuck. And uh, I know. And um, there were two moments. I could tell there was a racist woman in my theater uh, based on the way that she reacted to two things. One, when Martin Freeman was related to just another white boy, there was a an audible groan from a white woman. She was like, <laughs> ugh. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, calm down. Calm like, down, like, I mean... Maybe that is a slightly racist line, but like, calm down, get over it. I think it's you know, it's said with some fun. Yeah, we know agreed. we're gonna get a, a little reaction the, out the of the other audience. Thing was when the tribal leader started uh, making gorilla sounds, and she was like, oh, like just so annoyed. That I they, don't think that she was racist. She was just fucking paper thin skinned. Like couldn't take. Well, shit. I think she uh, maybe I interpreted her reactions as she doesn't want to hear these people acting like gorillas. That's yeah. like the, the way but that I, was their thing. Like that was. I realize their that. I'm not sure if she understood that. Yeah. That's just the way I interpreted her reactions. Yeah. Huh. That poor um, lady. What's his? What's Mbaku's character's name? In Baku. Isn't he no in What's the his comics, isn't he like he's like Oh I don't know man. Big gorilla or something. As we said at the top of the show, we, we are not Black, Black Panther, Panther comics readers. Yeah, he's got some he's got some weirdly uh, I don't we, but we saw the movie uh -oh. and we reviewed the shit out of it. We did. Man ape. Man ape? That's problematic. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, with that, stuck, I'm with that lady. I'm with that lady. with Mbaku. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why they changed it. Yeah, maybe that lady was a big fan of the comics. It was like, yeah, it was. It was cool, man. It was, you know, I, I saw it. I saw it early before anyone was really out. You know, on Moss in the theater, but by the time I came out and it was it was noon, the place was jumping. Like there was palpable excitement, like on the concourse and stuff. It was. It's really cool. It's a neat experience to be to be a part of. So yeah, it's it's cool to. Uh, I mean, um, from where I stand, it was cool to see a movie with um, a lot of black characters that got to play it was a bunch the, of it different. It was the Fubu of superhero movies. <laughs> it was a little better than that. <laughs> that was a good brain, it was, motherfucker. Because it, it was. How dare you? It was because it, Fubu's for us, by us. Yeah. I feel like this was f for everyone, by us. Because this movie wasn't oh, just just because they throw Martin Freeman in it. <laughs> Did you have a good time? Did you enjoy yeah, it? I loved it? You're white as shit. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th I thought it was it was cool to see um, a lot of diverse faces get to play a lot of different things and not be you know just just the black guy. It was it was it was nice to see, and I think a lot of people it meant a lot of things to a lot of people. So. That's going to do it for us tonight. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time.